0: Welcome to another Axe Church podcast. Glad you're with us today. This is episode 22. Uh, We are very excited to be continuing this. It's been a little bit of a break. We've been very busy here at Axe Church with various uh, weekend events and trips and things like that. We just have not had a chance to sit down. I was actually going to record a podcast in Honduras. We were in Honduras two weeks ago now. Um, And we're going to record a podcast with some of our translators down there all work in churches down there, and we got everything set up in one of the rooms at the place we were staying. And it started raining, and it was we were like really well, loud, yes, because yes. they have like
1: 10 roofs there, and so like every drop is just like bah, bah, bah. And it was,
0: I mean, it was raining hard yeah. too. It's so like we, pores over there. I thought, well, maybe that'll just be cool background noise. But we put on the headphones to listen to what it sounded like, and it just sounded like you couldn't hear anything. Yeah. But um so we didn't get to do that, which I was really bummed about because that would have been really cool to be able to speak with them. They're a couple great guys. The the two that we were going to have, they're all great guys, but these two were great guys as well. But we didn't get to do that. So um, unfortunately we don't have that. Maybe next time we go down there, we'll get a chance.
1: You're stuck with me this week.
0: Yeah. We've got just uh, (laughs) a Kristen with us today. Not just with...
1: Just me. It's fine. I get it.
0: Congratulations. (laughs) You've got Kristen on the podcast this week. (laughs) And we're here in the States, in the state of Washington, And we are here to um, just, I just want to talk to Kristen about um, some of the things that have brought her to where she is right now, um, which where she is right now is as the children's ministry lead here at Axe Church. Um, She runs everything on Sunday mornings for the kids. Um, She coordinates all the volunteers. You you do several other things here at Axe Church. Um, And what... So this all happened shortly before I got here that you yeah, came on staff. Very
1: shortly, I think I was hired in like the beginning of May. Yes. and you came on mid June.
0: Yes, mid June. Yes, right after Father's Day.
1: Yeah. So we were. You were right behind me. So, yes. Um, I came in. Um, and it was, it was kind of strange for me because never in a million years had I ever pictured myself working in the church. Um, I mean, I grew up in a church and had my problems with it and had kind of been de-churched in um, high school and in college. And so when I was coming back to church, I loved it. I I loved Acts Church. I loved people, but I did not have the self-confidence or I felt the ability to work at a church. I didn't see myself as like a good enough Christian to be in ministry and to be um, a church leader, which... Now, being in ministry, I just see that that's just not,
0: that's a, not a real thing. Yes, it's <laughs> like, not a valid right, problem. Right,
1: right. Everybody's different. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses with every kind of job that you work at. It's just different kind of work, I guess. Right. You're working at a church, and it's a different environment. Um, and so... Um, our previous children's person, um, they ended up having to leave. Um, they just had some family stuff going on. And um, I felt um, in my heart like, oh, I really need to like step up. I need to volunteer more because this person was a huge contribution. Um, and I loved her so much. And I knew that like the, the kids ministry was just going to have a void without her. So I kind of felt God like pulling on my heart, like, okay, you need to step up. You need to volunteer more. You need to make yourself more available. But this was also the point in my life. I was finishing school. So I was like really caught up with like my last semester of college, getting good grades. Um, I thought I was going to continue on to going to grad school, so I had a bunch of grad school stuff to get done. So it was a really stressful time in my life, and so I kind of ignored the feeling and pushed it down and said, "No, that's not important. That's not what I want to do. I want to focus on continuing my education. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to do anything about it." Um, and so apparently David kept asking around for people to be in charge of the kids ministry and couldn't find anyone. And my mom one day, like jokingly brought up like, oh yeah, well, David's going to ask you, um, wants to ask you if you're interested in working with the kids ministry. And I was like, oh, I mean, I would love to volunteer and I'm planning on volunteering more once I graduate, but like, no mom, I'm never going to work at a church. And she was like, ha ha. Okay. Okay. And then sure enough, a couple weeks later, David's like, hey, it was one (laughs) random Sunday morning. We were setting up in the gym at Grass Valley Elementary, and I'm setting up the curtains, and David says, hey, I need to meet with you on so-and-so day. Bring your resume.
0: And I was like,
1: <laughs> what? And he was like, just do it. And I was like, he didn't give me any other context. I, I don't guess, bring
0: resumes to meetings. I bring right, resumes to interviews. Right, and so <laughs> I guess
1: he had thought that my mom had talked to me about it, but when my mom had talked to me about it, I thought she was joking. Like I didn't take it like as a serious thing. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And so I was so nervous. Like I had to go home that night and like prepare my resume. And I was like, I hope I don't do well at this interview because I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be the right person for this job. But then again, like God has been nagging on my heart to volunteer more and be more involved with this and to step up. But I just didn't know how. And I didn't, I don't know. It was just weird. And so right. sure enough, a few days later, I walked into the interview and David was just straight with me. And he was like, I want you to do this. I think that you could do this. And I was like... You're wrong. <laughs> I don't think like I don't think people are gonna listen to me. I think I'm too young. Like we have several, you know, adults who work in this ministry that have kids. I don't have kids. Like I don't have that experience. I don't have any wisdom or knowledge in that area. I have a passion for kids. I love kids. My job before working at the church, um, I worked at a Montessori preschool slash daycare. Um, so it was. A preschool from, like, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., but it was a daycare from, like, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So I kind of worked the after-school daycare part, and um, throughout the summer, I put on, like, big summer programs there with some of the other teachers. And so I love, like, early childhood age, um, love it, just have a huge passion for it. And so I told him, like, I have a heart and a passion for the kids. I am so scared about working with volunteers and working all right. with all of these wise Christian women who have had children and who have been Christians longer than I've been alive like right. I don't I, I don't feel confident in that And he basically just called me out and told me that you know it was like the enemy and that I um, just needed to have more confidence and to use the gifts that God had given me and it had been very obvious that God had given me um, a passion for kids and working with kids and loving on kids um, and so he was like, will you do it? And I was like, I mean, I've been praying about it and I think it's what God wants me to do. Um, so let me pray about it and let me, let me graduate. But tentatively, yes. Like I think, I think I'm in, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And so I prayed about it and I ended up graduating. And I think I started my first day here. was like two days after I graduated college and I started working. Nice. And, um, since then I've been <clears> giving <throat> a lot of other, I've been um, given the opportunity to do a lot of different things, like you said earlier. Right. Um, but definitely, out of all of the ministries that I'm involved in, the kids have my heart the most. I just, I love teaching. Um, I love seeing them grow. I love um, hearing their questions, and I love their silliness that they still bring um, and their right. energy. I just, I definitely, I love it.
0: You connect with it. Yes, for sure.
1: <laughs> Maybe because I'm a giant kid.
0: <laughs> I have noticed that that those who do really well in kids' ministry are ones who not necessarily are childish people. A lot of them have to be very mature to be able to um, take their take a, a child's energy and use it to um, learn and grow, you know? Because
1: your mom's in kids' ministry, isn't she?
0: Yes, my mom's also a children's minister, um, and one of my... Uh, best friends from college. He's a children's minister now. Uh, My wife, she's not a children's minister, but she's in school to become a young school teacher. Yes. Um, So I have a lot of experience with uh, friends and family who do kids.
1: Yeah, and Uh, have that passion.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, And I see that in all of them is that they are people who um, both can connect with, with the heart of a child while still being able to have the the discipline to take that that kind of wild and rambunctious heart and apply it to um, growing in the Lord For or sure. or in in math or right in know, any subject yeah. um, whatever you happen to be tasked with teaching them um, and so so it's difficult you said to work with with people who are a little bit older um, you say wiser I don't necessarily. Know that that's, I think a lot of times we see people who are older than us as automatically wiser, even if we don't quite give ourselves credit for the wisdom that we also have. But I I definitely, you know, I I also came into a ministry where there were lots of um, older, wiser. Uh, musicians and I in guess the worship wise ministry.
1: too. I mean, like more experienced. Yes, than me. yes. Yeah. Yes. So like that kind of wisdom, like not that you don't board. have
0: wisdom to bring, but they definitely right. have
1: experience, more
0: experience yeah. to to develop their wisdom from. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, at times was like, wait a second, why am I doing this? Why why right. don't we just have one of these people do what I'm doing? Right. Um, and you know, uh, obviously, you somewhat reluctantly. Your mom, um, David all felt that while all these people have great things to contribute, um, this might be a particular calling of yours. Yes, um, for whatever reason. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And it doesn't always necessarily make sense to us, especially at such a young oh, age. Sure. I've never I've never had um a ministry that was mine. I've come into churches and partnered with someone who it, this was their ministry, and I'm just there to help it. I'm just here to add a little something to it, yeah. Um, but to show up and be like, okay, yeah. this happens or doesn't happen based on what you do. <laughs> right.
1: And I guess going into it too, I had the mindset of a job, like, okay, I am in charge right. of all of these people and all of these people kind of have, like I get the final word mm-hmm. and all of these people kind of are under me and kind of have to listen to me, which is completely wrong. Um, Which is why I think one difference between like working in a secular job and working like for a church is that's not the attitude that the church has about leading. Um, And that's something that David really had to coach me through um, when I was first here just all the time of you're not these people boss. Like you're not, it's not a ladder ranking. You're not superior anyway. You, you know, you don't have power and authority like that. You're You're just
0: the one who has the time to dedicate to making their lives. Work better to make what they need to do happen.
1: Exactly, and so it's not even a it's not even a boss or like managerial role. It's more like a service coordinating role. And how he really put it is like we're all in a level playing field. It's not ladders of this person's here, this person's here. Yes, like we're all in a level serving or a level playing field. And it's your job to serve these people and how they need to be served. Right. And the challenge is going to be they don't always know how they want to be served or mm-hmm. like to be served, and having to. Navigate through that. Um, but he really just taught and like coached me on um, my worldview, I guess, on how I viewed like my role at the church and like what that looked like mm-hmm. um, and really informed me that like that's not how this church operates. We're not um, in like power authority roles. It's Really, like we have the elders and we have the deacons. We don't have just this one person in power. And it's the same thing with our ministries. We don't have this one person who's the end all be all. We really do try and work closely with our volunteers, with other staff members, and serve them how they need to be served and lead them in a way that they are needing to be led. Um, I don't know. And it's really complicated to break down. And I'm probably not putting it as eloquently as Pastor David or even Dr. David would. But, um, it, it really eased some of my anxiety I had about um, working with and serving people who I felt were much more experienced and wiser in faith than I am. And yeah. that really Cause, helped me.
0: Because instead of that being an obstacle for you now, now that's a tool that you can be glad is there. Right. You right. have someone who is... Wiser on your team, right. who you are there to serve,
1: right, um, and learn from. Not only like tell right. them like, hey, you're working this day, or I need to do this, this, and this. But say, hey, how did today go? Like, what problems did you see? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is going on? Um, what can I do to make you know this this classroom better, this lesson easier on you. Um, what And then kind of keep that in the back of my mind as I'm trying to coordinate how the big picture works as well. Right. Because in ministry, you can't cater to everyone. And I think that's something that I'm still learning is I can't right. make everyone happy all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's such a deep desire in me. I did a codependency testimony uh, at church last week. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. I think it's yeah, maybe it's on, on our website. It's
0: on... Um, the way you can find it is go to our Vimeo or our website and listen to the sermon um titled uh Church sermon Who is Jesus part four? It's going to be at the front and end of that sermon.
1: Um, And so it was just such a deep desire that like I want all of these people to like me. And it's still something that I struggle with and that I'm working on. But instead of going into it with a mindset of like, I want this person to love me and accept me, it's more not about me. (laughs) It's about how can I serve them, whether they're going to like me or not. What can I do to serve them, to help them, to make things easier on them um, and kind of make that work in the bigger scheme of other things that are going on that that right. person may or may not know are in play.
0: And I think something that both you and I have in common, maybe it has to do with our age is we are used to hearing somebody say, we should do this. And you go, okay, I'll do that. But the thing is, is that you have so many people saying we should, we do, should this, do this, we should do this, <laughs> right. we should do this. That pretty soon you're going to have conflicting things mm-hmm. or you're just not going to have time to do all of that. Right. And when you have to have, you have to develop the wisdom to know that idea is a great idea Right. Let's do it six months from now Right, or and the discernment whenever. to do
1: that for sure. Right. Which is something I'm still growing in <laughs> without yep. a doubt.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's funny. I, so I never really knew the story of how you ended up as yeah. children's minister. I never quite heard that story. I think when I first got here, you were one of the first people I met from the church. Um, cause I. So I came to this building and had my interview with david when i first got here and then
1: right after that we had to film announcements together i remember that
0: yes we went over to his house and we filmed announcements for that sunday um and so like of course i i I vaguely remember like what my impression of you was and i i've done this (laughs) this is gonna be so funny (laughs) almost everyone this church i have assumed is older than me like um Oh, really? Yeah, like Patrick Murdoch, when I first met Uh him, him and Kaylee, I thought they both were not like way older than me, but I thought they had like three years on me. Wow. But when I'm two years older than Patrick, Mm -hmm. two years older than Kaylee. um, And so I I assumed for some reason that you were like 26 and you had been doing (laughs) this job for five years. (laughs) When really you've been doing it for like less than five weeks. Yeah, like
1: weeks, (laughs) only weeks.
0: Um, Which I think you told me. And it was funny because
1: before he like let, like, he had only told me the day before you went over there to do announcements, like, hey, I want you to start doing live announcements. Oh, so, like, really? I was just as new. I was doing it live in front of people, but, like, David told me that you were going to be recording me with a camera, and I was all kinds of, like, freaked out and nervous. Cameras
0: freak people out.
1: Cameras are just different than doing it in front of a bunch of people. So, like, I had in mind, like, okay, this is how I do it to, like, a group of large people, but I've learned very quickly that that doesn't translate to the camera, right. like... Me and Hunter joke, when I do the announcement still to this day, I talk like a whole three octaves higher and louder than I do that I need to because I'm just used to doing it. It's like a big group of people. So he'll turn on the headphones and I'm like shouting into the microphone. He's like, no, 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 you don't have to well, be that loud. you you going to turn
0: it down. We'll we'll turn on the microphone. And I'll I say can you do a sound check and be like hi I'm yeah, Kristen
1: hey, I'm like
0: okay all right sounds good you got the levels set then I'll go back to start recording and it'll be like hi, hi. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like really we loud just,
0: we just hurt everybody's ears it's sorry. true sorry yeah we you're just shouted. you're like about to fall asleep at the wheel right there and we just saved your life <gasps> good
1: morning yeah nice to have you back <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um, and so yeah so my picture was that you had been doing this for years you were totally comfortable in it because you had confidence so it seemed like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> Um, and so, I, you know, you just assume that's how things have always been happening. And see, that's another
1: reason why I was very nervous in getting involved in ministry is because everybody here, pretty much on staff, almost everybody has had some kind of Bible college training, has oh, right. been invi- involved in the church for however many years as like a. You know, with their walk in the Lord like for this long. they pursued this for right.
0: a length of time. I
1: went to secular school. I did not study any kind of religion. Um, and I was only walking in my faith, like re-walking with Jesus for maybe like a year and a half before this job opportunity like presented. Right. So my impression of you was like, okay, here comes this like Bible seminary college Bible college guy. Like he's married. And we were the same age. And I was like, I can't even imagine being married that young. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, God bless this person. And I was all freaked <laughs> out about it and like... So it, that was my impression of you, is like, another, yet another person that I feel like I can't stack up to and has more wisdom and training and knowledge in this area, and here yeah. I'm just trying to figure it out. But again, like I said earlier, that's not true. It definitely is right. just the enemy trying to make you feel insecure. Right. Um, we both have wisdom and knowledge in different areas, and it translates right. to our ministries differently, and we our ministries have different strengths and weaknesses. And, and we
0: bring... Just, you and I, I think, tend to bring very different ideas to the table when yes. we're, um, even outside of like your ministry field or my ministry, if we're not talking about worship or kids, right? we both bring very different ideas, mm-hmm. partly because you grew up in the South. And so right. you've seen different, you've seen ministry done a different way through that lens. But also my school taught me to do things one way and you didn't mm-hmm. get taught that same way. Right. So you're coming up with ideas based on your school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great thing. I think it's yeah. great to have um, not a completely homogenous staff. I think so, too. Um, and then David brings a whole different side. Right, you
1: know? right. And Susan and Glenn and Julie. and
0: Yeah, it's great. It's been good. Um, so back to kids ministry. Yeah. Um, so you had been... How long had you been, like, volunteering with the kids at Acts Church before?
1: So... Um,
0: or River Rock? or
1: It was River Rock briefly when I first started. And then okay. about, I want to say like three or four months into going, they changed into Axe Church.
0: So when you first started coming here, David was already preaching here? He
1: was already preaching here. Okay. He had been preaching here. I think I came in like February of something and he came in like November. Okay. So like we were just a few months apart.
0: Probably would have been 2015?
1: Probably. That sounds about
0: right. No, but he just said that he's only been here two and a half years. I think he was wrong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Anyway, I can't remember the years. I'm not good with numbers. Um, and so I felt after I'd kind of gotten reconnected and felt like Axe Church was the place for me that I definitely should have been volunteering. Um, and kids is just something that I'm comfortable with. Right. And so that was the first area. Um, I called up Carrie, and I said, hey, I'd love to be involved with this. And she was like, great, you'd be perfect for it. Like. Mm-hmm. let's start next week. And I was like, oh, I wasn't oh, planning on starting that fast. <laughs> Apparently they were in desperate need of volunteers. <laughs> and I even, the first like couple months that I had served, I served with her. So I felt like that was like a lot of pressure because she was in charge oh, right, of everything. Right, right. And so like, but I also felt like I got blessed and learned a lot from her. And right. so that was really good and then i started um, volunteering she you know needed to step back and do her own things in different areas of the ministries and i started volunteering on my own and then um, and then i had to stop for a little bit because school got really intense and mm. i had to take a lot of hours and i got really overwhelmed with school and then I started doing youth ministry, which that's like a whole other like story in and of itself yeah. um, of God calling me out of my comfort zone to do things that I never would have imagined that I was ever going to do. So
0: let's talk about that a little oh, bit. Okay. <laughs> How did you see? And this is another thing. Like even like going into this conversation, I kind of assumed you were someone who always wanted to do youth stuff.
1: No. So I hated being a teenager. Well,
0: first let's let's oh, get okay. context of <laughs> of you. You are one of four of us uh, staff members who are at youth group. Yes. Um, you, and I'm not I'm not always at youth group. You're at youth group more often than I am, partly just because of the nature of my job, um, having more things coming up and then also, yeah, it just happens. Um, and then we have Glenn and Julie who are always at youth group because they are the, the youth leaders. Uh, Glenn's the youth pastor. And then we have about four or five other youth uh, leaders who aren't on staff yes. who are just there at youth group every week. Um, and I always saw you as the person who was like, of course going to be involved in youth group um, kind of regardless. So um, <laughs> you're, you're one of the main staples of leading youth ministry here at the church, yes. but that's not how it's always been.
1: That's not how it's. I mean, so I guess since I've had this job, Yes. Um, Because I was already involved in working with youth group when I got like, quote unquote, employed at the church. Right. Um, But after I I was doing some kids ministry, Hunter, my fiance felt really called to serve in youth. And I was like, oh, I think that you would be really good at that. Like you do that. That's awesome. So he started helping out with youth group before I did. And um, again, God was putting on my heart like, hey... You know, you see a couple of these teens every week at church. Like, you should reach out to them. You should befriend them. I didn't know what that was about, but I was like, oh, no, teenagers. Like, oh teenagers are mean. I hated being a teenager. I hated teenagers. I didn't have a lot of, like, teenager friends. My mom mentored a lot of, like, college-aged date kid kids. So I hung out with a lot of, like, college-aged Christians when I was in high
0: school. Yeah.
1: And not kids my age. And when I did hang out with kids my age, it never went well. So there you go. Um, and... I kind of, again, I ignored the call. I ignored the call. um, And just so conveniently after I kept ignoring the call, youth group was on Wednesday nights and I had a night class on Wednesday. So I was like, oh, there. I got out of that. You don't even have to. Right. The end of the semester draws near and then I no longer have a Wednesday night class or like long Wednesday classes at all. I think I was done at class at like 1 or 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Mm. And I was like, oh. It's. It's gonna happen. It's so possible for me to go now. <laughs> it's gonna happen, and I started. We started becoming friends with Kaylee and Patrick, and they just had such amazing things to say about it. And um, my fiance was involved, and I just really prayed about it. And now, I got this to.
0: time were they still in high school, or were they?
1: They no, they were not in high school. Okay. Um, they had just graduated, I believe, either the year before that or that year. Okay, I think Kaylee and Patrick were like nineteen. Okay. And they're both 21 now. Um, I think I was.
0: Kelly's actually 22. 22. I found that out. She's
1: 22. That's right, because she's older than Patrick. And I had turned, I was already working in the youth when I turned 21, so I must have been like 20 or something. Anyway, they had great things to say about it, and me and Hunter started becoming friends with them, Um, and I um, started having a relationship with the youth pastors at the time, um, which was um, Chris, um, and he was a really good guy, and I liked his heart and his passion for it. And so I told Chris, I was like, okay, I'll give it a try once. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to go one time. And I went, and to find out, Tiffany was actually the adult leading the youth group. Um, apparently they just needed like a girl leader. So she was doing that temporarily. Mm. Um, and Kaylee, Kaylee did a really good job and I kind of just like sat and observed. And when I was there, I really just felt the Lord, like you need to be here. Like Mm. you can relate to so many of these young girls. Like you were just there, you know, a few years ago, like you're coming out of it and you need to tell people what I just brought you out of. And like, you need to shepherd these young girls and, give them advice regardless if they're going to listen or not. Like, you just you need to be a part of their life. So oh. I was like, oh, yep, there it is. I got to be here. <laughs> See, so getting involved with youth was not as joyous and as exciting for me as um Like, you wanted to be kids. there for the kids. Yeah. It's just like,
0: I don't know if I'm the best person right. for it. Whereas this it was like, I don't really want to do this thing. It was kind
1: of begrudgingly. Right. But now I love it, and I wouldn't trade it for the right. world. Right. And – um. And so, flash forward, when I got offered the the job, um, James was doing some administrative stuff for youth group, but he also had a lot of other stuff on his plate, and David didn't want him to focus on administrative stuff for youth group anymore. So he had hired me, and he was like, I want you to do kids stuff, but I also want you to do kind of the administrative stuff for youth group, meaning right. making permission slips, getting in contact with parents Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, that's easy enough. Like I yeah. already know all of these, most of these kids and most of these parents, well, all of the kids and most of the parents, like that shouldn't be a problem. Um, so by the time that you come on, I was already kind of really integrated into the youth group. And um, that was kind of part of my job status when they hired me right. at first was like, do these things for the youth group.
0: Right. So that's kind of funny. If I had said, I'm just going to do this one time. And if I feel called to it after that one time, or if I, if I, if I, If I'm just going to give it one shot, I most definitely would not be doing it now because going to youth, doing a youth thing. I know from the beginning that it's probably not going to be comfortable for me. So I'm Mm going to have to force myself to keep going.
1: And that's exactly how it was for me. It was definitely not an area I was comfortable at. I was like, Mm -hmm. how do you talk to teenagers? Like, I'm used to talking to toddlers, you know. Right. Um, And, like, they're, you know, they're just a bunch of trouble and they never (laughs) listen. So why would I give my time and my advice to these people that aren't going to listen anyways? And like. Why would I do that? But that was all just like a lot of pride and actually a lot of my own fear and like my own stuff that and I think
0: I've had to, an to work extent, through. Right after you get out of that, you're not quite in a place to then go help somebody exactly. in that you need exactly. some time. To get, <laughs> exactly. I gotta take some time to, to be away from this before I can go back to it. And you were probably right around that. Yes. Yes. Point. It
1: was, it was definitely a time where God was like, okay, you were just there and I just brought you out of that. And you need to share that with other people right. and, um, and experience their pain with them and walk through some stuff with them. And, mm-hmm. um, it's been a pleasure and it's been hard and it's at times been painful, but, um, surprisingly I never would have imagined that I enjoy and love it as much as I do it's I like it a lot good it actually kind of steered some of my focus out of doing childhood um because when I was going to college I was going to college for um Psychology and like addiction studies, um, but I wanted to do like childhood, early childhood trauma stuff when I first started college. And by the time I got involved with the youth group, I really had a heart for um, mentoring teenagers and like teenagers with like drug problems and drinking problems. And so I really think that's an area that God kind of used um, the church to kind of guide my passion of something that I might want to do in the future one day as a career. So that's Very interesting.
0: Cool. So we've we've heard a lot about where you've come from and where you've gone um where you're going so what would be some advice that you might have for someone who is following christ but doesn't necessarily know what ministry he has for them um doesn't hasn't necessarily seen a way for them to um take what they've received from christ um which is you know life and a powerful message of of hope and restoration um they haven't quite seen where they what they can now do with that, um, which, which he calls us to do. He calls us to um, go make um, disciples of him. And that's something... Oh, I, I wanted to bring this back up that you had mentioned earlier. It sounds like when you first got involved in kids ministry is because you were inspired by the children minister's heart for the kids mm-hmm. and you were inspired um, by what she had done. And I, I've had lots of similar... Um, relationships that have brought me to appreciate ministries in ways that I didn't before mm-hmm. because I think ministers, effective ministers are going to produce more effective ministers just by their presence, their, mm-hmm. their ministry to people. Um, it inspires in, in others who have seen Jesus and who have um, accepted him and have become followers of him um when they see another person who is doing that in a particular facet um they are going to become ministers themselves so what would be some advice you'd have for someone who has not yet found that ministry that that facet that they can serve the body of christ in what would be some way that you would encourage them or a step you'd ask them to take
1: I don't know. I guess I have a lot of advice on that and there's a a lot of ways that you could go about it. The first and probably the most cliche, but it also really important is just like pray, Um, pray that God will reveal that to you. Um, For me, my first step in getting involved back into church and using my gifts was was something that I was already comfortable with. It was volunteering with kids. Um, And if I was already aware of that passion, though, that I had. Right. So I would say if you're not aware of any kind of passion that you have that, that you can use to serve, definitely pray that God will reveal that to you. Right. Um, second of all, it's not always going to be your passion that he might reveal to you. It might be something that you feel totally uncomfortable doing, totally not up your alley. Um, and in that case, I would just, I would say, have faith and try it. Try it and talk with um, your people in your life group, talk with uh, maybe mentors that you have or people like David after you've tried it and see if um, they feel like you have a calling in that area as well. Because I knew that I I had a passion for kids and I knew that I wanted to work with kids um, and teens, but I didn't think that I should ever be on staff at a church. Like that was just too much. That was too big. That was not up my alley. Um, But I had several wise people and discerning people in my life that said, no, like I like I think this is for you, and I think right. this is what God wants you to do. And I had a lot of people to confirm that. Um, so pray, let your passions be revealed. Um, trust. I think
0: I think you pointed out a a step that you that you you implied a step there that you didn't explain, oh. and that's um, have people of godly counsel around yes, you, a life yes. group. Um, some some other godly Christians yes. who can um, just be there to listen to mm-hmm. to your questions, who want to see you grow. Um, grow and do ministry mm-hmm. and do awesome things um, with and for the Lord. Um, and go ahead and continue.
1: Oh, and um, if you pray and it's not your passion or it's not what you think it is, um, really just have, have faith that um, God's going to teach you and grow you. Um, because I did not think that being on staff at a church, being a children's ministry leader was for me. You know, I cussed too much. I did this. I did that. Like, I didn't go to Bible school. Like, I felt like I didn't fit whatever stereotype I had in my head. Um, but if there's anything that I learned and um, I learn every day is that, like, Jesus didn't use the always the people that ha- had the most money, knew the most things. Like, he went out after the fishermen and the tax collectors right. um, and people that you would never imagine. Um could be in those roles and positions, and he taught them and discipled them and showed them what love looked like. And you know, through him and his Holy Spirit, they they were so empowered and they did so much and they had such an impact on so many other people. Um, so don't let the things that you've done or are doing or whatever hold you back. I mean, of course, um, be in repentance and have a heart wanting to serve the Lord, and you know, bury your sin and kill your sin. But like, don't be caught up with the person that you used to be. Um, God can still use that to touch so many other people, um, and he can he can continue to grow you whether you're serving or or not. You know, like you don't have to be you don't have to be a certain way to to, to be a volunteer in the church. You don't have to be a certain way to get involved in church. Period. Um, I hear so many people say all the time, like, "Oh, I I need to figure this problem out, and then I'll start going to church. Then I'll be good enough for going to church." And, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that, but it's kind of silly because we need God to help figure those things out. Right. So don't keep a flaw that you have um, keeping you from ministry. Confess and repent that sin or that flaw. Talk with your life group and your godly counsel about it um, to and just really work that out with God. And you never know He can, he can use it and you can use it in a ministry, whether that's kids or worship or tech or a greeting. Um, there's, and there's so many others that I'm not even mentioning. Um, but there's no ministry that you have to be perfect for and don't let that keep you from serving the Lord and serving your church.
0: Right. Right. Um, that's, that's really cool. Um, I would also say that sometimes you're going to go into a ministry that Maybe you even think, like, this is my passion. This is where I think God is calling me to go. And you're going to try and get involved in it, and it's just going to be um, kind of disappointing news. You're going to mm-hmm. kind of fall flat. Maybe not you, but maybe just it's just not um, lining up. And that can also be God just simply um, allowing you to see what he does not have in store for you, so that right. then you will be yep. um, willing to go where he does have in store Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. um and that can that's an even more i think it's really easy to discern okay god does want me here yes this is a passion of mine god wants me here and and there are gonna be times when that happens to everybody um and it's just awesome that's how it is for me when it comes to doing media type things when it comes to doing um something where i'm behind a camera or or editing footage that's the type of stuff where it's like thank you god for providing me with this opportunity. Then there are situations where um, you're going into something and you're not really sure if it's going <laughs> badly because God doesn't want you to be doing that, right? Or if He's still just working on you, um, right? And that's more of how I feel in leading worship. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm open to God telling me that this is not the ministry I have for you. Um, it's been a year now that I've been doing it, um, and so obviously I don't feel like it's a it's a strong no right. if it isn't no, right? Um, and I've really. I've grown a lot. Um, So I don't think that it's like, a no, you can't do this type of situation, but it's kind of one of those things where um, week by week, I'm kind of assessing, um, is there a better role for me in worship? Is this particular role I'm in, Mm -hmm. um, what you have for me, is this um, where I'm best going to serve you? I know right now, this is where you have me. I know that it's certainly, um, I'm being as effective as I can be. Um, I'm growing a lot. Um, through helping people like you, Kristen, and David, and, and Susan, and, and all the people here at Acts Church, I'm getting encouragement and direction um, from people with Godly counsel. But it's a lot harder to tell like when it's not a clear yes. It's a yeah. lot harder to say, like, okay, well, it's not a clear yes, but it's a...
1: Not a strong no either. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And sometimes it is a strong no, and you're not sure if that's because um, no, not yet. Or, right, or a no wait. Or or, or a no because of this other thing that is so much right. better. Um, there's just, there's so much that you need godly counsel for mm-hmm. and people um, working in your life that can see things in a different way. There's so many people that can see things um, differently than we can, like your mom and David yeah. did when you first were um, being talked to about this. I think it's funny that your mom played such uh, almost like a sneaky role in yeah. you getting into this um,
1: that's my mom. She's, yeah, sneaky. <laughs> she's sneaky.
0: Um, and, and I think it's because she is, um, very aware of, of the spirit's guidance. Yeah. And, she's very and discerning. People, she, yeah. She can see it in other people's lives so well. Um, and I think a very, very similar thing happened with me. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the conversation was when I, after I interviewed here, but I got the impression that she was somewhat of an advocate for me. um, being the right person for this. I
1: also was like, you should totally interview this person because I want more people my age. Right, right. <laughs> So that we, need, not really. we
0: need some early twenties people in this church. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs>
1: please bring them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I think, and, and after I got here and even just this last Sunday, your mom has always been, um, someone who's very encouraging and, yes. um, guiding me in a, in a spiritual sense, um, which I really appreciate. So find people like that in your life who, who know God and know His will. Um, maybe not His specific will, but they know the character of God and what He, what he wants to do in, in the lives of those who love Him. Because um, without that, God did not put us here to um, be a single minister in the world, but to be a, a team of ministry mm-hmm. people. Um, and so if you are a, a Jesus follower and you don't see yourself as a minister, um, you're wrong, unfortunately. Fortunately, I'd, I'd say fortunately you're wrong if you um, think you're not a minister because um, God does. You're, you're not following Jesus if you're not a minister because to follow Jesus means to do what he does, and Jesus mm-hmm. was the ultimate minister, um, the minister who could give us life. And so with that life, now that he's given us, we have the opportunity to go be ministers. So... Um, maybe you haven't found what that ministry is yet. Maybe, um, you have some ideas. I know that we at Axe church. Um, if you talk to David Robinson, if you're, if you're part of our church, um, our, our pastor, David, if you talk to him, um, he's definitely going to be willing to work through some of your, um, hesitations,
1: giftings. Yeah. yeah. Your hesitations and Towards, your giftings
0: yeah. and, and helping you understand, um, more closely what God has for you. Um, Chris and I as well, and Susan are all... Um, we, it's funny when you said... Uh, when you talked to the children's minister and and they were like, okay, you'll start next week. Yeah, start next week. Because there's always... We can always use... Um, always. More volunteers and, and ministers to help um, serve the gospel, mm-hmm. you know? I think that one of the biggest problems with that, that a church, especially of our size, we are only... Um, so big that we just need we need people who who want to serve mm-hmm. um, and so talk to to um, any of us and we yeah. we would love to find we can't A promise that we have you. the perfect place for you like just waiting to be filled
1: right and it may not be in our ministry even I know um, there was when I first started um, a lady had just started working in X Kids and she was kind of hesitant about it. Um, and I was really trying to be encouraging and we really needed her anyway. And I selfishly, like, wanted it to work out. Right. Um, but eventually she was just like, I, I can't do this. Like, this is not my calling. I am not meant to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I can handle my own kids, but this is not going to work <laughs> out. Like, I cannot do all of these other kids. And I was bummed because, you know, selfishly, you want that person for your ministry and, you know, you want. You want as many volunteers as you can, but at the end of the day, like, I want I want people to be in a place where they can use their gifts and their callings um, and where God can grow them. Um, and, without
0: them burning out. Right,
1: without yeah. them burning out, without them being so consumed with fear and anxiety every week, you know, like, right. I, I don't want that. So if you talk to me, of course, I'm going to see if kids ministry is a ministry for you, but it might not always be. And I want you to serve the ministry where you feel like... Um, God will teach you, lead you, grow you, um, and use your passions. Um, and so, yeah, don't be afraid to, to reach out and see where you can get plugged in. And you can always try different things. It's not like we're going to stick you in one ministry and say, you can never leave this. You can't yeah. do anything else. Um, we have people in the worship band that do Axe Kids. We have people, you know, and Axe Kids that do greeting. We have, you know, I mean, everybody's involved in Set Up Tear Down. We have. A lot of hands working, a lot of different places. So that's another thing. Don't feel like um, one area of ministry is all that you're going to give and right. serve. And and like I'm too good for this because I'm in this ministry. Because again, going back to what David taught me is we're not we're not in rungs of a ladder here. We're all on equal playing fields, serving each other. And whether that's um, you know volunteer leaders serving volunteers or volunteers serving the leaders, or you know worship. Um, worship volunteers or kids volunteers or media volunteers, um, or greeting, they're all on the same playing field. And just because you serve in one ministry does not make you higher and mightier and more awesome than another. Um, they're all so instrumental in what we do on Sundays. They're all instrumental and so important in the kingdom of God. Um, and so don't think that just because you're involved in one ministry, you can't be involved in others, or that you're better and wiser and whatever because you're in this ministry, right. not in
0: another one. So, which is another caution I'd bring up is that I think sometimes when people want to get involved in ministry, they have a very specific idea of what of that's going to look, look like, like.
1: Mm-hmm. and how um, they're going to do that.
0: Yeah, and it can it can sometimes just not practically work out with um, the ministry that's already happening in a particular place, and sometimes um, it can limit what God wants to do with your life. So. Mm-hmm um
1: pray for an open heart yeah and an open mind and for sure
0: yeah that's definitely uh necessary as you um, branch out and want to get involved in in a ministry well thanks uh a lot Kristen, for yeah for all of um your experience
1: never occurred to me that you had never heard like my story. I think that's funny. Like, even when you sat down and were like, yeah, I want to talk to you about like how you got to kids ministry. I was like, well, everybody knows that. Like, I feel like everyone Except knows that. Except for <laughs> me. for you. And probably some people that are listening. So it's been a pleasure and I'm glad I got to share that with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, with all it's, of you. it's good to kind of see how, how we got here. Um, see how the Lord has worked in our mm-hmm. lives. Cause sometimes I'm very like short-sighted in my own life. We're like, I think the way I've been this last year is how I've been my entire life. And I don't necessarily see the way that the Lord has grown me or has moved me, um, sometimes literally moved me physically (laughs) into different places. Um, And I I forget how far he's taken me. And so it's good to um, be able to see exactly how he has been moving in your life And uh, to get that good take on on ministry from someone who didn't necessarily um, (laughs) decide they were going to be a minister. Yeah, because for you,
1: like you knew really young, like like you knew that God had put that calling in your lap in life. Me, like I knew God always had a calling for me to like help people. I know that I've um, always kind of had the gift of like mercy and service. Right. Um, But I just never ever thought that I would like be. I don't know, paid for that in a Christian role, I guess. Right. Like I saw myself doing it more secularly. Um, and again, I just had my own perception of what people at a church should look like right. and what um, what they do and the kind of people that they are. And that, like I have said a billion times, it's really just gotten turned on its head. And, and it's I, just a stereotype that is...
0: And I don't think that that's something that you entirely invented on your own. I think it's no, something that... No, probably not. Um, like Ned culture. Flanders
1: from the Simpsons. He's like that really churchy person. And you like think right, that when you right, go to right. a church, all of the pastors and people who work there are going to be people like Ned Flanders or people like, I don't even know. That's the only one that can come to my mind.
0: <laughs> but um, just like that perfect squeaky clean. Right,
1: right. And that's just so far from true.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. So you don't have to be like Ned Flanders. You don't have to be this, um awkwardly perfect uh, have it
1: all together person, person. to be
0: in ministry because the truth is that well nobody's actually like that if you get below the surface and god uses people from all sorts of backgrounds mm-hmm. and cultures mm-hmm. um and life styles to minister his gospel to the world he he doesn't want to leave you wherever you are he has a plan for you but odds are that once he's done with you you're gonna look a lot less like Ned Ned Flanders um and much different um and much better you know he's going to um take you in a in a much better direction than that so um don't let your culture your don't let
1: your culture your age because I let my age do it I was like I'm only you know like 21 people aren't gonna take me seriously da, da da. you know um, which, to
0: be fair, some people won't, and that's right. their problem right. unless you give them reasons.
1: Exactly. So sometimes I say totes, and I'm a total millennial, <laughs> and some people are like, mm, that's not cool. I can't take you
0: seriously But anymore. that's
1: fine, whatever. <laughs> I know what God's got for me, and I know, um, I know my worth in Him, which is just something that I keep learning, um, that it's not dependent on what these people think of me or what I'm doing here. Um, and so... Don't let your age or your gender or um, what you have or haven't been through keep you from doing what God calls us to do. And God calls all of us to serve Him and serve our body, our church, or the other body, other believers. Um, and so, don't let your insecurities and your problems. Don't be so inward facing that you can't see why God put us on this earth, which is to share the gospel with other people, which is something, again, I still struggle with. I get too obsessed with the things that I'm doing. What am I doing wrong? How are people perceiving me? When in reality, I need to be focused on um, what can I do you know, to help spread the gospel more? What can I do to get these kids to understand this aspect of Christ more? What can I do better to make this more real and more applicable to them, you know, instead of being like, oh, well, I want parents to think of me this way, or I want parents to and volunteers to think me that way, right. you know, that's, that's inward facing. And I need to be outward facing of, no, how can I be more effective of spreading the gospel and the love of Christ? Right, right. And so don't let your insecurities.
0: And back to the, if you're, if you're thinking about getting involved in ministry, that's another thing to look at. Am I interested in this ministry because of how it's going to make me look feel, or feel or look? mm mm-hmm. um, or am I interested in this ministry because I think that God has given me something that I can give people Right. Um, that I can contribute to his, his church, his, his body. Um, because that's, that's what he is about. He's about growing and developing his church, um, to be, uh, stronger and, and more, more like it will be in heaven. Perfect. Yeah. And, and unified. So, um, yeah, be looking for ways that you can contribute to, to God's church in that way. Um, thanks again so much for sharing your story with, with me um, and yeah. with everybody else who listens to this. Let's uh, pray for um, everyone listening and, and for the, the ministry that we can do um, as followers of Christ. God, thank you for um, Kristen and her story and the, the awesome things you're doing through her life, um, through her willingness to be served by you. Um, I pray that you would have that in store for all those who are listening to this, who who call on your name, who follow you. I pray that you would show us all more each day what it means to follow you, um, a more full understanding of what that is, whether it's um, taking the step just to follow you or whether it's taking the step to decide that following you means um, doing what you do and that is ministry um, and loving people or whether it's... We're already there but we just need to find a practical spot i pray that you'd be opening up those uh, ministry opportunities for us that we would be aware of them and seeking them out um, with our our hearts um, fully aligned with yours not for our own glory but for yours god Uh, god thank you for um, this this opportunity that we have to speak in a podcast setting that we can um, be able to just talk you know benefit kristen and i Um, by talking through our stories um, as well as benefit those who are listening i thank you for um, this awesome platform that you've given to um, glorify your name and edify your church i pray that it would do that and uh in Jesus' name amen. amen thanks for listening and uh check out our other podcasts if you haven't listened to them yet there's 21 other podcasts that we've put out. As
1: shout out to Sherry, my mom, who was on I think the third or fourth one. If you guys, some of you guys didn't know, Sherry is my mom. She was on the um, episode four. Episode so four. if you haven't listened to that and you want to hear more about her wisdom and her her discernment and her story, go yes. and check that episode out, which
0: you can find on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yes. Um, on the axchemist.org webpage. That's a c t s c a m s. Wait. Nope. A C T S C A M A S dot org. Don't do the first thing I said. AxeCamas org has our podcast, has our sermons, has um, information about our ministries. Um, we'd love it if you could check that out as well. If you're near us, uh, join us on a Sunday. We meet at Shahila Middle School currently, um, as of 2018. Yeah. We meet in Shahila Middle School at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and uh, we'd love to have you there for worship and. Um, if you have kids, they can come mm-hmm. to Axe kids. Um, if you uh, if you would like to do that, um, we'd love to see you there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next time.